Hello everyone and welcome to the Dollars and Cents Podcast. This is your host, Samara, and in this episode, um, I want to talk about hedging. Um, what is what is an ads fund? Why, what do people mean when they say they hedge? Um, an ads fund is just a pool of money from... V- accredited investors that's a fancy way of saying that investors with um, a, a high net worth so it's more or less like a private equity like if you if you're familiar with private equity or like a group of investors that come together to put money together and then uh, buy a company or buy real estate or make an investment in you know um, in a particular asset uh, a venture capital is a private equity, is a form of private equity. But hedge funds are basically funds that... And hedge is... Well, first of all, what is an hedge? A hedge is a, um, an insurance. You can think of an hedge as an insurance. For example, we have house insurance, car insurance. If It's a hedge against a risk. So it's an insurance against a certain type of risk. Uh, you can have... For example, if you have a portfolio, a portfolio containing your assets, you have, you have stocks in your a portfolio, you have real estate in your portfolio, you have different um, different assets in your portfolio, commodities such as gold, oil, or you have companies that you've bought on, on the stock market. So that basically makes up a portfolio. So every person has a portfolio, especially investors or business people or even you know, retail, ordinary people. And if you have a portfolio and if you're afraid that, for example, you're worth a billion dollars and you're afraid that, for example, right now what's happening with Russia and Ukraine, you are afraid that if if another world war occurs, your the markets might go down and your stocks might your your assets might go down in value for example if you own companies if you just own stocks in your portfolio if you own businesses in your portfolio and if the market tanks if the market drops you're afraid that you know you have a billion dollars now you're worth a billion dollars and if the market drops you your net worth might fall to i don't know Say, say if it drops 30%, you might be worth 700 million. Okay, and you don't want that because when a market falls and your portfolio is worth less, you have less purchasing power and you're worth less, so you can buy less things. And with inflation, you know, you know, it's going to things are going to become. A lot more expensive even though you have a lot of money but you know losing 300 million is still a lot and if you want to protect against that risk if you don't want if you want to protect against the risk of your portfolio dropping in value you can you can insure it and the financial word for it um, is is known as hedging it you can hedge your portfolio simply meaning that if you have if you buy a lot of businesses and if you're afraid that the market might drop you might 
for example if you you're 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 the owner of apple and you're afraid that if the market tanks apple's going to go down in value 30 percent and you're going to lose 30 percent of value so you're going to be worth 700 million losing 300 million so you might short another company probably in another industry or the same industry so you might borrow some money you, you have a margin account in your stockbroker, you borrow some money and you sell another company. So you're selling another company in the hopes that if the market goes down, you can buy it back at a cheaper price. So if, the, for example, if you sell Netflix, so you borrow some money, you borrow, not borrow some money, you borrow the shares, um, Netflix shares, you don't own them, you just borrow them from your broker or brokerage uh, account and you sell them. So you borrow at the current price of say a share is worth a hundred bucks and you borrow I don't know say a million shares okay so you uh, you borrow say for example three million shares so it's worth a hundred bucks you borrow three million shares you sell those three million shares at uh, for 100 that's about 300 million dollars and if the market tanks 30 percent now um if the market tanks 30 percent you can buy back and the stock falls from 100 bucks to 70 bucks now even though you've lost you know your money for your portfolio drops down to 700 million losing 30 percent what you did was with the netflix you you can buy back your shares at $70. So $100, 30%, lost 30%, $70. So you have $300, 300 million, you buy back your shares at 70, 70 bucks. You have 70 bucks multiplied by uh, 3 million. It's 210 million, I believe. So you make a profit of 100 and, um, 190 million i believe so you make a profit of 190 million and that helps your network because now you've instead of losing um 30 you've lost only only 10 percent i believe so you're up 790 million 890 million so almost 900 million so you've only lost 100 million instead of losing 300 million so those are some of the hedging te techniques that most hedge fund i mean that's a really simplistic example but that's basically hedging a portfolio it's just buying insurance for example if you have if you buy an insurance against your house and if your house is you know uh, set on fire accidentally you know the insurance company is going to pay you back um, and you've been constantly paying insurance premiums on your house they can pay you back a substantial amount because you have claims on that now so that's what happens with hedge funds this uh, mysterious world of hedge funds um, most hedge fund strategies are obvious like they do a major arbitrage and they you know trade different derivatives such as options and futures and forwards and not necessarily forwards about futures and uh, swaps and we have different types of derivatives derivatives are nothing but instruments financial instruments that 
um, derive their value from another um, security. We have options, uh, which gives you the right but not the obligations to buy a share by a company at a certain price. Um, that's an option. You have swaps, you have, you have different types of derivatives. And basically, there's a market for these options. So you can buy an option based on a company. For example, Apple has an option. You can buy it at a cheaper price. If Apple defaults on its debt, which I don't think it's going to default on its debt, but hypothetically speaking, if it, Apple defaults on its debt, you could, um, the value of your option goes up and you could sell that option and make a profit. So it's just like trading shares, but you're trading options, trading swaps, you're trading futures and all of that. So that's basically how ads funds invest. Most of these money managers, the game is to double your money, right? The real way to get wealthy, like I discovered this, these money managers are always, especially hedge funds, most of them, the really smart hedge funds, managers are looking for asymmetric risk reward opportunities um, where you have no downside and all upsides and trust me these guys make you know they make 2,000 10,000 percent return on investment 10,000 percent return on investment that's a thousand percent is hundred times your money um hundred times your money ten thousand percent is a thousand times your money so if you put a thousand dollars they make ten thousand percent you make a million just from ten percent ten thousand you make ten million hundred thousand you make you know a billion a hundred million sorry so so those are a um asymmetric risk reward and the risk you don't have any downside risk um one of the best example of an asymmetric risk reward um Opportunity or an example was um, an example of an asymmetric risk reward opportunity is Virgin, Virgin, Virgin Airlines. Okay, so Virgin, when Richard Branson wanted to start Virgin, you know, we all know Richard, he, he likes to take a lot of risk. And most of we think that these um, entrepreneurs and hedge fund managers, the really wealthy, successful ones, most of them are risk averse investors. They don't like risk at all. I used to think that investors love risk. Actually, investors do not love risk. Um, you know, Warren Buffett's rule. Rule number one, do not lose money. Rule number two, see rule number one. Anyway, so one of the best examples of an asymmetric risk reward is Richard Branson. And when Richard Branson wanted to start his airlines, he was taking a lot of risk. So he, what he said was, how do I protect my downside? How do I structure this deal start this company without losing losing all my other companies i don't want to go to a bank and take out a loan because if i go and take out a loan buy some planes against my companies and if it if it's not successful it's very it's a very risky endeavor because i'm going up against a goliath known as british airways if i do that and if it's not successful guess what happens i might lose all my companies or I might, you know, I'm liable for all this, all this debt that I'm taking. So how can I protect my downside where I have no liabilities? So he came up with a brilliant idea. He structured a deal with um, 
I believe was Boeing, I think. And he said, you know, lend me three planes or five planes or whatever number of planes he asked them to lend them. So he made a deal that they were going to give him a plane. He was going to borrow planes from them. And if the deal worked out, they were going to be partners. And if it didn't, they can just take back the plane after a year. So he had no downside, no downside risk and all upsides. That is asymmetric. When you have no downside and all upside or very little downside and all upside. Another example is Kyle Bass. Kyle Bass is not a hedge fund manager. And during the mortgage crisis, um, financial crisis of 2008, uh, in 2005, Kyle Bass predicted that, you know, the mortgage-backed securities was was polluted with subprime um, mortgages, meaning that it was a derivative. So these mortgage, these um, originators, commercial banks would make mortgages, home loans to people who had no jobs, no income, who had no, I would say, financial ability to repay those loans. They would package those loans up and they would sell it to um, investment bankers. And those large investment bankers would put a credit rating on those bonds. And there was a perfectly legitimate way to make money. It wasn't um, um, risky at all when you have prime prime loans, meaning only loans from people who are able to actually repay their debts. They have high income, really prime loans. But because commercial loans and originators were selling those loans to investment banks and making a ton of money from investment banks, they got greedy. And they started, you know, giving mortgages on people who had no ability to repay those loans. And they gave three or four mortgages um, or a dozen of mortgages to the same people against those homes that they already took a loan, uh, you know, loan from, a loan out of. So basically it was a pile of really bad debts. And they would put AAA ratings, meaning that these were high-quality bonds, and they would sell them to hedge funds and other investors in these investment banks. It was a really dirty, dirty way to make money. What had been a clean way because of greed became a really dirty way to make money. People were making a lot of money. People felt like they were wealthy, um, and it was a, it was, it was like a Ponzi scheme, I would say, because it was. It was something doomed for destruction. And it did. So Kyle Bass predicted that, you know, these, these loans were going to go bad and people are going to default on their debts. So what he did was, you know, for a long time, the mortgage-backed securities was the next best thing, the next best thing to treasuries, treasury bonds. Treasury bonds are just... Uh, government debt that people can buy and have a return a very very safe risk-free asset the most risk-free asset in the world is the u.s treasury bond and people and the mortgage-backed security was the next best thing next pardon me next be, best thing to a treasury bond so you know there was no um no one studies coming everyone thought that you know how can a mortgage-backed security become default. I mean, and if it was only made up of quality loans, it um, 
the housing bubble wouldn't have occurred but because it was made up of these really you know stinky loans um the housing bubble best so what kyle bass did was he bought some credit default swaps this derivative that if a bond defaults um the insurance company will pay the the the, the owner that bought the um the derivative so guess what like it only cost him so you have to pay a premium when you buy this credit default swap so he was paying just three percent and if the housing market stayed flat or went down he would make back a dollar so all he could lose was three dollars and if it stayed flat or went down he could make a hundred dollars so he made that money and um after i mean it was an asymmetric it was a great example of asymmetric risk return opportunity because after that he took 27 million dollars uh, 30 million dollars and turned it into two billion dollars after two years that's a perfect example of asymmetric and asymmetric opportunity um thank you all for listening and um see you all in the next episode